looking back at the best of Saturday racing from around the country and examining the major talking points of the day. This is Past the Post, brought to you by Archer Park Racing, taking racing ownership to the next level. Good morning, everyone. This is Past the Post for Sunday, the 30th of October. Thanks for joining us this morning. Special edition today. In the first half hour, of course, we'll look back at the big days of Derby Day at Flemington and the Golden Eagle at Rose Hill Gardens. And the second half hour we'll devote to the Melbourne Cup coming up on Tuesday. Australia's most popular and best-known race. And um, despite what you think of the field or what the purists say, there's 24 runners going around and there'll be sweeps, there'll be parties. It's going to be a great day on Tuesday. But we don't say great weather-wise, Ben Dorries in Melbourne. The weather looks pretty miserable, raining and about 14 degrees. Yeah, I think we'll have to potentially find a wet tracker. Um, although we've still got a couple of days to play out and Liam O'Keefe does a magnificent job, doesn't he, at Flemington. So, look, not necessarily time quite yet to be diving to the wet trackers, but I'd certainly maybe be looking in that direction. I'd go a bit further. I would say definitely, definitely look for the wet trackers. We were on a soft seven yesterday and the times reflected that. We had a few showers in the latter part of the day, but the weather report for today, tomorrow and then Tuesday is not bright. So I can't see it getting any better but you're right, though, uh, Liam O'Keefe and the team do a, a grand job there, and the track is a magnificent track for, for drainage. Uh, I'm sort of looking at a soft seven, possibly heavy eight for Tuesday. So what we'll do in that second half hour, folks, we'll, we'll go through each run, and Nicole Thomas will join us in a half hour's time from the tab. Tell us where the money's been going. This is all important. We'll give you the background of the horses, and then we'll rate them. We'll say it's either got a winning chance, a place chance, or no hope at all. So hopefully we can send you in the right direction for the big race coming up as race seven, two o'clock Queensland time, 2.30 SA, and, of course, three o'clock in Tassie. But before we do that, let's review yesterday, and we'll go to the first day of the carnival, the Derby Day at Flemington, and we'll go to the Derby as the first of five replays we're going to have a listen to. Sharp and smart spring champion stakes winner a week ago was the favourite. Into the running, Fujita San at the 400 metres, led a length and a half to Pericles Muramasa. Then came Sharp and Smart over on the far side, and Mr. Maestro unleashing out wider. They've got to Fujita San at the 250, Pericles Muramasa, Sharp and Smart, and Mr. Maestro with Manzois, who's coming home hard. Sharp and Smart with 100 metres to go, led a length and a half to Manzois, who's trying hard. Sharp and Smart, Tyreek Manzois is wearing it down, coming hard, and won the derby! Manzois from Sharp and Smart, third out wide. Abba Feldy, boy, a massive run. They were followed by a photo for fourth between Berardino, Muramasa, Barkley Square, Mr. Maestro in a line. They're all there. Then came Skyfios, Highland Blaze, Fearless Knight, Fujita San. Well back in the field then was Landorf, Pericles, King's Crossing, Grand Piero. And Distrustful Award has finished last of all. Yes, Ben Zoyce, the winner. Honourable mention to our former analyst Mark Hunter on Racing HQ Saturday yesterday. Tipped at third and the best ruffie in the derby. And he was spot on there. Mickey D riding for Chris Waller. Chris Waller's second derby. And, of course, continuing D's great run during the spring. Yeah, absolutely. If you're on smart and smart, smart, <laughs> I've got to stuff this up, sharp and smart. And James McDonald had already ridden four winners. Mm. You thought, uh, here's five especially in the last 200 metres, you just wonder, nothing, not taking away from the winner, but you just wonder whether that backup coming from Sydney, 
I don't know. Sharpened some up. It just looked home at the end of me and then was was run over. So, look, I must admit, uh, congratulations to Mark Hunter. I didn't see that winner um, coming, but uh, Chris Waller, you can never count him down. And Michael D, wow, hasn't he had some sort of a spring? He's just been filling up. And, of course, he's on Luna Flair uh, in the Cup on Tuesday, which would um, have to be some sort of knockout chance, I'd suggest. These sort of results, uh, I think it was around the 20 to 1 mark with Ben Joyce, it really highlights Waller's ability as a trainer. Uh, a horse that was only having its sixth start, but fair to say most of these horses hadn't been overly raced, but started off at a wild maiden back in late July, won a benchmark at Rose Hill, then ran in the Ming Dynasty, was uh, long odds, never a threat, then picked up at Rose Hill and then the Sharp and Smart ran in the Sharp and Smart uh, race. So it was on the seven day backup as well, ran eighth, but was finding the line well, but uh, up to 2,500 and clearly demonstrated that it, it, it stayed the best. It was those classic finishes, the favourite reaching the lead and thousands of dollars invested on it, all of a sudden along comes the, the better stayer on the day, just winning. I think you could make a case, if you go and watch the replay, the 100 to 1 thing that ran third, Aberfeldy boy, should have just about won. Um, and mm. Ben, ben Mellon... Was, was near last, couldn't get clear air, and has absolutely rocketed home, admittedly beaten a length of three-quarters, so didn't trouble the first two. But I'll tell you what, if you watch the replay, clear air, I reckon he would have troubled them. So that um, that youngster from the Robbie Griffiths and Matthew de Cox table has got some sort of future, I'd suggest. Horses like Barclay Square, Mr Maestro and Pericles, they, they, they ran sufficiently well, but on the day, it's the best day. The, the, this is the, the first major derby of the season. They're going 2,500 metres. They're early season three-year-olds and some just don't get it, but Manzoy certainly did and got the money. Let's go to the following race. So we won a three group ones at Flemington yesterday, so we've had a listen to the derby. Let's go to the Tab Empire Rose for the Mayors. Cheese Lickety Split went for home, sprinted up at the 300. La Creek under the whip chasing, then Exa Leader. Mirror Vision the outside, and Ice Bath up on the fence. La Creek moves up at the clock tower from Exa Leader. Mirror Vision and Ice Bath over on the inside. La Creek just in front of Ice Bath and Mirror Vision. Ice Bath up on the inside, and La Creek. Ice Bath holding on, Ice Bath. Such a trier, such a brave mare, and won it. Ice Bath from Mirror Vision. Photo third, La Creek Exa Leader, then a tissue kick. On all four cheeks from She's Lickety Split. Next to finish in the race, Shalo Kiku, Elusive Express by Whisper. Back in the field, Cliffsart, Daisy's Palaiza Pan, and at the tail of the field, Yearning. Excuse the pun, but I was a bit cold on Ice Bath because I thought the run in the, the invitation was that was only just a run, but she proved uh, me wrong and um, others, I suppose. But I thought Matt Hill's broadcast really summed it up. Such a trier and such a brave mare. And the man who would echo that 110% as Brad went up the trailer. He'd be a very proud man this morning. Brad, good morning. Congratulations. Good morning, Dave. Good day, Ben. Well, you've done it, mate. The group one is there. Well, I don't know if I did it, but um, <laughs> she, she did. So, yeah, no, it was great. Obviously, it was a you know brilliant ride from Craig. And um, we had a bit of luck there after the barriers and... Um, I actually thought I was getting hoaxed on Friday. I had a phone call from the VRC and they said, we're redoing the barriers. <laughs> and and uh, I'm going, OK, yeah, righto, and they're going on. You got any owners in Melbourne? I said, yeah, there's a couple down there. And they said, oh, we're just doing it, you know, the, the old-fashioned way. I said, oh, they won't worry about it. And I said, good on you, see you later. I hung up and then next minute someone walked out and they said, 
Ice bath got barrier five now. I said, I thought someone was bullshit to tell me that they weren't, you know. So, incredible. Anyway. So, what, what yeah. barrier did you have to start with in the original draw? 18. 18. 18. Wow. Yeah, so, <laughs> uh, look, I've been down that road plenty of times with the two, I tell you. So, um, it wasn't a big concern, but obviously it just makes it harder for her. But, uh, yeah, just to get that little, um, you know, rub of the Irish, I suppose, and... Um, you know, and, and like I said, a brilliant ride. Like he, he, you know, that's the big thing with Craig. Like when he gets it right, it's normally very good. And um, yeah, you nailed it yesterday. It's funny, isn't it? I mean, we hear words uh, like honest, trier, valiant, brave. But the bottom line is now she's she's won five point two million dollars. Like that is that is a. I know she, you know, she's racing a lot of rich races, but that is a bloody good horse to win that much money, isn't it? Yeah, and look, you know, she's ran second and third in the Doncaster and. Um, you know, third in the Queen of the Turf and second in the Cantala. So, you know, you sort of have another one of them and the Golden Eagle too. You're, uh, you have one of them on your, um, you know, in your in your sort of form. Well, you know, she's she's a, a really good mare, isn't she? So, I mean, she she is that now, but the record could be so much better. And uh, it's just just by a simple a margin. Most of the time, it's been a nostril. Well, let's go back 12 months. She won the, the inaugural invitation. Then a week later, she was beaten a whisker in the Cantala by Superstorm. The question I want to ask you is, this year, she's won the Empire Rose. You've gone to the Mayor's Group 1. The run in the invitation, f- f- on face value, I thought it looked below par for her. Would you agree with that? Well, look, it, it, it did. Until um, we sort of got the sectionals, I think she ran the second cricket 600. Uh, never talk around the... The um, the best last six hundred of the day of the race, and um, you know if you would have seen her after the race, it was like she just had a gallop. Like, mm. well, I think it was just the first half of the race was poor. Um, well, she actually jumped okay, but she just didn't muster any. Oh, I, I don't know. I, I can't answer it. Um, she pulled up well. We we had the vet go over, and um, but I wasn't too concerned there because I I couldn't see anything myself and. Um, yeah, look, you just got to forgive them and push on sometimes, especially good horses, you can do it too. Um, the average horse, well, you've got to train them and you've got to have good rides and you've got to have you know, everything go your way. But the better ones, they, um, they should just be able to talk to the trainers and say they can do it themselves. You know, it's pretty, when you get a good one, they're pretty straightforward. They, they turn up race day and, mm. and they have a go. Just about every punter in the land, and a lot of bookies seem to have La Creek across the line. I think she was a dollar ninety-five into a dollar eighty-five. Um, you know, it's pretty firm favourite in a race like this. What did you make of it, sort of in the in the lead up? Like, did did you think if if that horse turned up, she she would probably win or not? Um, look, I, I sort of spoke to a few people about it, and they said, look, she can race sort of anywhere. She can race up in the speed. She's got to turn a foot. So I was a bit concerned. Um, but mind you, when I sort of, I wasn't in Melbourne, I stayed in Sydney, but when I seen her in the parade ring, I, I sort of, I um, thought, oh, that's her. Like, I, she she didn't look to be an imposing horse or, you know, like the champions we've seen come across from there. I know Rough Abbott was no oil painting, but, you know, Sunline was a brute of a thing. And, yeah, I, you know, I was sort of, I was a bit happy when I actually seen how she was. So, um, yeah, obviously she's a very good mare, but... Um, you know, I thought if she turned up ice bath and 
like I say, the big change for us was the barrier draw, and um, they really opened up the doors a lot there, especially how the race ended up being run anyway. So, um, but look, she she's obviously very good, and um, first trip away, it's, it's you know I thought she'd have to be an absolute well, how they'll back bet, and I thought she must be winks, you know, <laughs> unbeatable. Uh, so, yeah. Anyway, um, we we got our bit of luck. Ice Bath is a six-year-old mare, now a Group 1 winner. Uh, where, 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 does, where does she sit in the autumn for you? What, what are you thinking about? Oh, look, the, the plan was to go back through um similar sort of um, path. I might have, to, might have to look at the handicaps now. Um, I might have to tell them it was only a low race there yesterday. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it just sort of depends what we're going to get in the Doncaster. But I, you know, look, ideally, I would love to get her up to Queensland and... Um, you know, obviously the Stradbroke and the and the um, what do we call it now? The Tiara. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd, you know that that would be the plan. She's probably got about half a dozen runs now, and um, look, we've been enjoying the last little bit. And obviously, it was great to great to get that Group One win. And obviously, the prize money's there, and um, yeah, just get that black type on the. You know, you have a horse like her, you. You want to get a result with him because you don't want people thinking you can't get that either. So, uh, look, she, and she deserved it. But, you know, there's no uh, deserves in racing. You, you sort of got to earn it, haven't you? You do, but she was due and she's done it. Congratulations, mate. Thanks for joining us this morning. Good on you. Thanks, guys. There he is, Brad Whittup, the winning trainer of Ice Bath. Let's move on to the big day yesterday, Derby Day at Flemington. The Coolmore down the straight for the three-year-olds in secret was the favourite. 550 metres to go. Queen of the Ball and Best of Bordeaux with Grand Impact over on the far side. Cool and Gatter is right there, getting through them as well. And then came Meridius and Lofty Strikers running on. 300 metres to go. Grand Impact from Cool and Gatter, Queen of the Ball, followed by In Secret, who's also coming on. Grand Impact, Cool and Gatter grabbed by the filly. In Secret, In Secret takes the lead. A wall out wide coming, including Saint Magique, but it's In Secret clear. J Mac riding the lights out. In secret, won it. Two leagues, same as Jeek. Went it up. Jay's up for third from lofty strikes. Sajad and Jagado. Economics behind those best of Bordeaux. Queen of the ball, Meridius Cool and Gatta Grand Impact got tired over on the far side. Then Natuno, well back custodian, back in the field. Dual Great Barrier Reef and Buse, the tail ender. Might have been tempting to think about an Everest, but they decided on the Coolmore. This was the aim and uh, it paid off. Again, continuing this fantastic run that Godolphin is having during our spring. And that was McDonald's fourth winner. But maybe no Everest this year, but uh, James Cummings made no secret of the fact in post-race discussions that, you know, she's a real, could be a real Everest horse next year. I think on what we saw yesterday, and clearly they've pulled the right rein, they've got the route one, I think she would have won the Everest. I really do. I mean, you can look at, um, like, Jack and I ran ninth yesterday. Mm. Uh, in secret, just, you know, flogged Jack and I by four lengths. Jack and I ran fifth in an Everest, I think only beaten a length and a half. So, look, I'll tell you what, um, she's better than I thought she was. I was prepared to take her on a bit yesterday, but um, she was just dynamic, wasn't she? She was right on song, and Jack and I wasn't on song. He was below what we've seen so far this spring. Uh, he was a long way back, and probably out wider wasn't the best part of the track, but he didn't ping to the line. Uh, you know, I, I think we, we can see better of Jack and I next time we see him in the autumn. That was in secret winning. Let's listen to a couple of other races. We'll go to the Group 2, uh, Lynn Lithgow, the fifth race on the card.
Poland, 300 metres to go. Still has a good buffer, about two and a half lengths in front. Old Flame trying hard now. They were followed by Wild Planet Ironclad. Poland starting to climb stairs and Old Flame wearing it down with 100 metres to go. Old Flame takes the lead for James McDonald and Old Flame is coming away. Old Flame won the Linlithgow. Poland second, Ironclad third, then Wild Planet. Next, Cinewan, Crosshaven, Pride of Jenny, Lord Vladivostok, well back Wicklow Town Catalyst and Giraffe a disappointment. Old Flame had zero luck last time out, but uh, with J-Mac riding uh, in the winner's list for Peter and Paul Staden, and they're always players at these big carnivals. It's rare that they don't get a big win. Yeah, J-Car last time, $2.50 favourite. Uh, still looking for clear air. J-Mac this time. That race was in J-Mac's keeping a long, long way out. I think if you're... If you're on old flame, even 400 metres out, still had a bit to do to wear down Poland, but just absolutely perfect ride, admittedly aided by an inside barrier, um, but that was Jay Mack at his best yet again. Let's wrap up Derby Day from Flemington yesterday and have a listen to The Wakeful. Tanking rain, 400 metres to go with Zanzella, who tanks up on the outside. Jenny Jerome, a length and a half away. Wackamana still coming, and then came Pavitra, and as time goes by, 2.50 out. Zanzella, the leader, led by about a length and a half to Pavitra, back along the inside, then Jenny Jerome, as time goes by, at the 150. Zanzella, about a half length in front. Pavitra's trying to wear back the margin. Zanzella just from Pavitra. Zanzella boxes on and won it. Zenzella from Pavitra as time goes by and Queen Air another eye catcher. Behind them, let's be Frank Beebe, Wackamana, Grey Northern, Jenny Jerome, Macrana, so dazzling, uptick La Joya, Barbed Wire Baby, well back in the field, Artocracy, and Thinking Rain was last after working early. Zenzella's now a $7 chance for the Oaks on Thursday, and that was another winner for McDonald, this time for Marin Eustace. Yeah, I'll tell you who I was pleased for here, and you might say, yeah, yeah, he's a rich bloke, so what? But I'll tell you what, Aussie Kerr puts a lot of money into racing, very unfortunately lost Loft on uh, last Friday morning, the second favourite, or was the second favourite for the Melbourne Cup. Many thought he would have given it a mighty shake. Indeed, James McDonald thought he was on the winner. Uh, that horse comes out 24 hours later, Zenzella wins here to put a smile on everyone's face, so it was terrific. That was Queen Air that Matt made reference to. She's five dollars because she's extreme as a three dollar favourite. But Queen Air, she'll go into the Oaks as a, a three times maiden, but an extremely promising maiden who obviously is looking for distance and will get it on Thursday. That was Flemington. Let's go to Rose Hill. Although the producer puts Randwick on my sheet, there's a good <laughs> error by by producer Dale. Rose Hill Gardens was the venue yesterday. Here's the ten million dollar Golden Eagle. In the Congo's got a great kick at the 300. In the Congo, two lengths clear from Mr. Mozart. I wish I win is starting to power into the race. And quickly, I wish I win at the 200 metres. A shot to the front. Gypsy Goddess along the rails. Fangirl late on the scene. I wish I win in front. Here's Fangirl the outside. Fangirl goes to I wish I win. Who kicked and won? I wish I win just from Fangirl. And Gypsy Goddess in a great finish. Closing off at the end, light infantry. From hope in your heart. Cardin Hinge then came in the Congo from Cardinal Gem Converge over past Mr. Mozart. Further back to Halal, Valana, Chain of Lightning, Jimmy the Bear, Lady of Honor, Lightsaber, Pinstripe, and Well Wall was one of the last to finish. It was a desperately close margin, but Darren Flindell got it right. I wish I win for the old firm of Moody and Nolan. Peter Moody and Luke Nolan just beating Fangirl, who looked as though she was going to win, but I wish I win bobbed on the line, and Gypsy Goddess. Fantastic third. Yeah, I don't think 
Uh, Willie Pike on Gypsy Goddess quite got the momentum early in the straight uh, that he wanted to, otherwise may have finished closer. But, yeah, wow, wee, what a win from I Wish I Win. And there's an interesting backstory to this horse, David. Mark Chittick, of course, from Waikato, um, bred this Kiwi horse, and he called called him the Forrest Gump of the stable. And why was that? He was born with a, a, a leg that was so bad it was almost at right angles. They said, what's this? They didn't know what to do. They wondered if this, this, this horse had ever raced. So from that to where we are today. It's quite extraordinary. certainly is. Uh, he was beaten in the two-rack uh, as a short-price favourite after those brilliant wins at Caulfield and Sandown. Maybe he just found the mile a bit too far, but one thing about this horse, he's got a wicked turn of speed, and when he let rip up the straight yesterday, he went past them like they were nailed to the wall and then was able to just hang on. Just to leave the Golden Eagle, Gypsy got his friend third. I think David Van Dyke was quoted as saying it was his biggest payday in racing in terms of training a horse Running third, a million dollars. Yeah, not bad smackaroonies, isn't it? And we own a smart one. It certainly paid his, his way down there as well, more than paid his way. And that's the race we're going to listen to now. This was the Nature Strip. We own a smart one at odds. Leads around the corner from Eduardo. Lost and running, hooking out. Then Marzu looking for rails run clear from rocketing by Kamantari and Riadini. We own a smart one. Being challenged now by Eduardo and lost and running. Moves up on the outside. Marzu's going along the rails. Kamantari and Private Eye down the outside. Private Eye, let's go with a big run. Marzu up the fence. Private Eye, the big win in the Nature Strip Stakes, has come from last to beat Marzu and Kemantari. We had a smart one fourth in rocketing by Riadini. Eduardo lost and running, wasn't up for it today. Then Mars Crusader from Brutality and Colding. Private Eye. I keep saying it about this horse. He is one hell of a horse. He's won an Epsom. Uh, yesterday he's won the Nature Strip, the Epsom a mile, Nature Strip 1300. Uh, should have won the Stradbroke, uh, can be argued. And all of a sudden, Joe Price talking about winning a Cox play. He's so versatile, this horse. Yeah, and I think you look at the first two across the line in this race, Private Eye and Marzu, and this is a significant changing of the guard, I think, in Australian the Australian sprinting race. Yes, Nature Strip's still there. Got beaten in the Everest. Will probably come out and win the daily, the, the champion stakes next Saturday. Um, but gee whiz, I'm, I mean, I know Private Eye is no spring chicken, um, but that was a dynamic win. It's great to see some other sprinters, good sprinters, getting a go. I've got to say, they lost and running. The $2.35 favourite, Dead Set went like a quarter horse. It, it, absolutely every possible. So I'm not quite sure what the wash-up there was. That was very, very disappointing. And Mars Crusader actually sort of half-jumped, uh, but never figured yeah. I, I've never figured either. Too, too many convictions now for Mars Crusader. And Mars Zoo, of course, won the, um, uh, the, the, the sprint series, the $2.5 million for earning the most points over the... Over the six races, you talk about Nature Strip dollar ninety to win the, the sprint next week. Giga Kick came from behind to be Private Eye in the Everest, so I think that's going to be one hell of a clash next week. Interesting point too. Rothfire is there as a fifteen dollar chance. Don't think he can probably trouble um, Nature Strip, but Rob Heathcote is looking at going uh, to Perth with uh, Rothfire, as we know, for the winter bottom. But I spoke to him um, last night. Uh, he's very, very much got Dubai on the cards. The same race as Buffering won, the Elkhorn Sprint next year. He really wants to go back and revisit that whole Buffering experience. Let's take a break now on Past the Post, brought to you by Archer Park Racing. Don't forget their website, archerparkracing.com.au. They've got some horses that are trialling extremely well and they'll be unveiled in the next few weeks. We'll keep you up to speed on that. But when we come back, our Melbourne Cup preview here on Past the Post. You're listening to Radio Tab's Pass the Post with David Fowler and Ben Dorries.
Wait, quite starting to settle over Flemington. Stand by, the last few are getting set. The stalls are locked, the field is set, they're ready, and they're racing in the Melbourne Cup. I'm stepping in the face, there is no time to wait. Here's McIvy Diva, a nation roars for a hero. This is how legends are made. Cross counters flag, the Blue Army have done it at last. My Blue Denim is flying, will be too late. They're on top of the world. This is how legends are made. Larry Olsen driving it through. Kenzai's front to Empire Rose. Kenzai's taken the lead and Kenzai won the cup. Shocking with his head in front of crime scene. Shocking drawing away. It's shocking to win the Melbourne Cup from crime scene. Media puzzle goes to the line to win the Melbourne Cup. Damien stands high on the irons. Salutes the heavens. That's for Jason. This is how legends are made. history at Flemington, Michelle Payne. The favourite has raced away in the Melbourne Cup. It's Let's Alive. This great mare has raced away. Let's Alive has won the Melbourne Cup. Fiorente just in front of Red Cadeau, who's coming back. Oliver's lifting him. And Fiorente won the Melbourne Cup again. This is how legends are made. Van der Hum was holding Golden Black at bay. And Van der Hum was going to win the Cup. American for France. American is coming away. American Trevian. It's an Irish victory. Vintage Crap has taken the Cup. Johannes Vermeer and rekindling stride for stride. Rekindling has won the Emirates Melbourne Cup. This is how legends are made. Leilani just in front. Think Biggers picking it up down the outside and Think Biggers got up to win the Cup. Sub-Zero wins the Melbourne Cup by two weeks. It's going to be close here. Kiwi's going to beat them all with a mighty run. Kiwi swaps them on the line. Very elegant. Ten group ones. And now the greatest of them all, the Melbourne Cup. Saintly's gone two lengths, Count Sivis, but Saintly wins the Melbourne Cup safely. This is how legends are made. Twilight Payment, Tiger Moth still trying to get there. Twilight Payment, what a ride, what a win in a cup we'll never forget. This is how legends are made. Live around Australia, you're listening to Radio Tab. Yes, and good morning, everyone. Once again, it's time to preview the Melbourne Cup to be run on Tuesday. 2 o'clock Queensland time, 2.30 SA time and 3 o'clock in Tassie. 24 runners to preview. Ben Dorries with me in the studio. And Nicole Thomas joins us now from the tab with all of the pricing information of where the money's been going. Nicole, good morning to you. Good morning to you, David. Well, let's start with number one gold trip, Saddlecloth 1. Kieran Maher and David Eustace training. Uh, they've got a strong hand in the race numbers-wise. Mark Zara rides from Barrier 14 carrying 57 and a half. What's happening with the market with gold trip, Nicole? We opened $13 final field. It did reach 11 at one point, just back out to 12. So a tiny bit of support, that 13 into 12 for gold trip. You should settle midfield in running. They've taken the blinkers off. Uh, no drama with wet tracks. He's one in soft and placed in heavy. The one tick that doesn't appear, which is, I think, a significant one when we go through these horses, of course, the ability to run the two miles. He hasn't been tested over the two miles, but there's nothing wrong with his form. He didn't have a lot of luck in the Cox Plate. It was a bunch finish, but he ran into traffic on more than one occasion, and his Caulfield Cup run was good. 
He does have to carry 57 kilos. Very elegant, of course, did it last year. But I don't think gold trippers are very elegant. And the fact that he hasn't run or been tested at two miles, I think, for me, makes him a place chance, a good place chance, but not a winning chance. Righty, Annika, we move on to number two, Dewis, trained by Ed Cummings. Wouldn't that be a popular win? Um, Bart's grandson, of course, ridden by Hugh Bowman, barrier 10. A little bit of a drift on Dewis. 21, we open final field, out to $23 now. Yeah, she's a brilliant mare, isn't she? She absolutely bolted in to win the Australian Cup and the Tancred Stakes at Group 1 level in the autumn. And you thought then, uh, you know, this is the Melbourne Cup winner. or We'll go very, very close uh, to winning the Melbourne Cup. Indeed, she started the spring as one of the favourites for the Melbourne Cup, very high up in betting. Hasn't had a lot of luck in her last two runs. I suspect she's probably looking for 3,200 now. Um, Ed Cummings has been very, very clear that the Melbourne Cup uh, is the one race that really she's been targeted for and is her only goal. Look, I think she's been, been running well without huge amounts of flashing lights. She ran well in the Caulfield Cup. She ran on, but at the end of the day, she only ran eighth. Sort of half-potting the Caulfield Cup form. I'll give her a place chance only. Number three is Knight's Order, one of two runners for Gay Waterhouse and Adrian Bott. Tim Clark rides, has a great association with this horse. He'll run from the extreme outside barrier, 24. He'll carry 55 and a half. It's a drift in Knight's Order. It opens 17. It did reach 26 at one point, just back into $23. He ticks a few important boxes, Knight's Order. He's won the Brisbane Cup and he's won the Sydney Cup and he's very effective on rain-affected going. In fact, five of his nine wins have beaten either soft or heavy. The alley is no luxury, of course, when you're drawn 24 of 24, but we do know his racing pattern. He'll roll forward and either lead or be joint leader. Tim Clark knows him well. He, he's very good on front runners. Knight's Order did fail in the Melbourne Cup last year, so I can't see him winning this year. I will say his autumn campaign and this spring campaign have been very good. So he's a horse in form who can run the distance and can handle the going. I give him a place chance. We move on to number four, Monophilia. Uh, David Payne, the former South African, trying to win the Melbourne Cup. Jason Collett to ride and draw nicely uh, in Barrier 11. This is a popular runner in the all-in market and even holding a little bit more money than the favourite at this early stage in the final field. So punters like this one, 11, got out to $12, back into $11 now. Yeah, look, I think she's certainly got the class to give the Melbourne Cup a shake and she's certainly tough enough uh, to win the race. I mean, you know, she's competed at the highest level basically her entire career. Uh, she's finished fourth in the last two Caulfield Cups. It was a good run uh, in the Caulfield Cup. All David Payne wants to do uh, is win a Melbourne Cup. But, look, I'm doubting her a little bit. I think that Caulfield Cup form, as I said, um, you know, when we analysed a previous run, it may only be so-so, maybe quite a few lengths off some of these internationals. She's not without a hope, but I'm giving her a place chance only. So a place chance runner for Montefilia. Tab 5 is Numerian for Annabelle Neesham. Tommy Berry rides, runs from Barrier 7 with 55 and a half. It's a roughie here and has drifted $51 out to 71 I expect it to settle midfield. It has one in soft and also heavy. But like many runners in this year's Cup, untested at 3,200 metres. It's been a good year for Numerian because, of course, you'll recall him on the... The Q22 at Eagle Farm, and he won the Gosford Cup. His run in the Caulfield Cup was reasonable. Uh, he finished fifth there. I tend to agree with Ben. I'm half potting the Caulfield Cup form. 
And I think that even though he hasn't been tested at 3,200, from what I've seen of him, I would suggest that he would be a risk of the distance. So I can't see Numerian finishing in the top four. So we'll put a no against him. All right, number six, the first of the international runners in the 2022 Melbourne Cup without a fight. The Irish runner for Simon and Ed Crisford. Uh, William Buick, unfortunately, a few hearts would have sunk at the barrier draw last night uh, when this guy drew barrier 18, Nicole. Yeah, it has been sold in the market without a fight here. 11, it did reach $13, just back into the $11 quote. Look, intriguing runner. There's not that much in ratings between him and Doval Legend. Um, so, look, just on that basis, I suppose you'd have to give him a hope. I've got to say the barrier, barrier 18 is a real concern. Where does he get to from out there? I think another concern is the big field of 24. Most of uh, Without a Fight's runs have been in small fields where, where sort of, you know, he's, things have really sort of gone his way. He's won a couple of minor stakes races. Uh, William Buick, um, the booking is interesting. Look, he's one of the chances, but in my book, only a remote chance, place only for me, David. Number seven is another well, former international, Kamora with Ben and J.D. Hayes and Ben Mellum rides. Area 17, 55 kilos is the weight allotted. It's a bit of a drifter here. $34 has drifted out to $51. Crossover nose band first time. Pre-race earmuffs first time and a stand a bit first time. So the Hayes boys have uh, worked a bit on Kamara for this run. He hasn't run since uh, running in the Curra or at the Curra, which was seven weeks ago. He won the Curra Cup the previous start. And, of course, Kiprios won the most recent race that Kamara contests, and that form is extremely strong. But he is getting it out of the market quite significantly, and I'd say a no for Kamara. Number eight, the cup favourite. Doval Legend has been the cup favourite for a while and became even more significantly so after the withdrawal of Loft the other day. Trained by uh, James Ferguson, Kieran McAvoy, uh, going for his fourth Melbourne Cup. 55 kilos, barrier nine, Nicole. Three dollars eighty into three seventy in the final field market, and I can tell you twenty percent of all the money in the all-in market was for it. But that makes sense because it was a five six dollar chance for most of the time. So, well done the punters that got at that six dollar quote. Very very similar profile to the two thousand and eighteen Melbourne Cup winner uh, cross counter. The difference here is um, that Dover Legend will have to carry far more weight um, cross counter. Uh, carried fifty one. Rekindling carried fifty one and a half. Doval Legend will have to carry 55, but having said that, I think if he turns up, the Merwin Cup is absolutely at his mercy. He, at his last start, comfortably beat um, El Bodegon, who ran third uh, in the Cox Plate when Doval Legend bolted in in the great Voldega. The interesting thing is, will he go um, as good on a soft, soft or heavy ground? Uh, he hasn't been tried on it, but I listened to James Ferguson, his trainer, um, after the barrier draw. He said this guy's sister won on a heavy track in France last week. He's got absolutely no concerns um, about a wet track. He's the winner for me. Can win, probably will win. Number nine is Stockman. Joe Pride, of course, with a wind in his sails after Private Eye winning yesterday. And Stockman, of course, raced in the Rose Hill Cup yesterday. Sam Clipperton rides and comes up with... Very low draw. Barrier 254 is the weight. We open $26, has drifted out to $31. He's a, a good, honest horse stock, but, of course, he won this at Ledger two runs ago. And as I mentioned, he ran at Rose Hill on Saturday as a, a final hit-out for this race. And he warmed up nicely. He ran eighth behind Star of India, but he was he was beaten less than three lengths. Uh, he should settle in midfield uh, from his good barrier draw. Loves the wet. That's a big plus for him. He's won seven races on soft or heavy. 
He did fail in the Sydney Cup. That's his only go at the distance. It was a very heavy track that day. It won't be as wet as that on Tuesday. But, look, he's been consistent. Uh, I don't think he has the class to win a Melbourne Cup. But taking everything into account, he could run into a play. So I mark him as a place hope stockman. Number 10, Vaughan Declare, the former Melbourne Cup winner, trained by Danny O'Brien, the informed Blake Shin to ride, soft barrier draw, barrier four, only 54 uh, kilos. Is he fancied in the market, Nicole? Yeah, a little bit of specking for Vaughan Declare. Did reach 17 at one point, open 21, just back to that $19 quote. Fascinating fascinating runner. I think he's getting back to near his best form. He's had, uh, you know, several injury concerns along the way. He should have just about won the Bart Cummings, I think, two starts back. And the Caulfield Cup run uh, was a beauty. I know Connections and Blake Shin were wrapped with it. He's going very, very well, I think. I would have definitely tipped him somewhere in the first four. However, the track is going to be wet. And I think that will spell the end of Vow and Declare's chances. So I'm saying no hope, only because I think we'll see a significantly rain-affected track on Tuesday. Number 11 is Young Werther. Danny O'Brien trains. Of course, he trains Vow and Declare as well. Damien Lane rides. Comes up with a wide draw barrier, 21, 54 kilos. It's a drifter in this market final field. It did open 21. It's out to $34 now, but I will note in the all-in market it was very popular and it's the worst way for the tab book in the all-in there, Young Werther. Comes out of the Cox Plate and again, whilst running 10th of 12, was only beaten three lengths in that bunch finish. He was supposed to run in this race last year but failed his scan and he, uh, he didn't run on the race. However, he'll probably settle in midfield. There's no wet track profile there. Five goes soft and heavy, no wins and untested at 3,200 metres. There's too many crosses and not ticks to suggest that he can feature. So I've marked him as a no young Werther. Another international, when I say international, now trained by Gay Waterhouse and Adrian Bott, Hu Yamel, uh, the British import, uh, to be ridden by Craig Williams, a Melbourne Cup winning jockey from Barrier 15, Nicole. There is some support here. Uh, $21. It's now into the $18 quote. Yeah, look, I, I think he's potentially a bit of a forgotten horse. Has finished sort of close up to, to Dover legend, um, you know, once in his life. He was outgunned um, in English and Ledger, um, you know, his last over, over there. He does drop in weight. Um, look, I'll give him a chance. The only query is, and especially from Barry 15, when, uh, you know, he may have to do a bit of work from out there, does he have the stamina? Does he have the fight to run 3,200? I'm not sure. I doubt it. I'm not prepared to completely risk him, though. No, I'll give him a place hope. Place charge to who you mail. Number 13 is Serpentine, who, of course, ran on Saturday and by running second in the Archer behind Surefire, ensured that he, he secured a Melbourne Cup run. Uh, he's one of the leaders in the race. I think uh, with him drawn 23 and 24, he'll come across and, and be one of the co-leaders. What's happening with the market, Nicole? He opened $34 in this market, did reach 61 just back into the $51 quote, so a drifter here. Well, he can make his own luck by his, his forward racing pattern. There's a few things that suggest that he can't feature. He has uh, a poor wet track profile. He's had one go at 3,200 metres and failed. So despite running pretty courageously on Saturday, he fought on well. I can't see him uh, being in the top four when the judge calls a halt. And number 14, Dash and Sweet Jr. I think I've said that correctly. Philip Stokes, Daniel Moore, Barrier 13, one of the rougher ones, I'd suggest, Nicole. It is rough, $51, but tiny bit of specking into the $41 quote. Yeah, I'll be brief here. Um, qualified for the Melbourne Cup uh, by winning the Adelaide Cup. Ran a decent third in the Sydney Cup. 
Uh, you know, not hopeless, especially over 3,200. His form is just fair. I'm not sure if he'll go any good on a wet track. So, look, I think $51 is probably about the right price. So no hope for me. Grand Promenade is tab 15. One of five runners that Kiramar and David Eustace have in the Melbourne Cup. It's a fantastic effort by this training partnership. Harry Coffey rides and he runs from barrier one. $51 out to 81 so a drifter just back into 71 now. I expect him to settle forward in the first half of the field. Uh, he has won twice on softer heavy going. Uh, he ran, he's had one metre start. That was in the cup last year behind Very Elegant. But whilst he ran sixth, the run was good. He actually gave Very Elegant a cart into the race. So he, he ran quite well. But the downside to him is that this campaign, he hasn't really fired in the three runs we've seen him. So despite the good draw, uh, I've got to say a note of Grand Promenade. Uh, number 16, Arapaho, uh, trained by Bjorn Baker. Rachel King, one of two female jockeys riding the Melbourne Cup this year, uh, drawn horribly in Barrier 19, um, has 52.5 kilos. And a real roughie here, $101 into 71, just back to $81. Yeah, Bjorn Baker's to be, you know, absolutely credited for, for this horse. He, he's <laughs> had a very long campaign. He's raced just about everywhere. We, we obviously... Uh, saw him up here in Queensland in the Caloundra Cup. He's raced in Grafton. Hasn't been far away in, you know, some decent Sydney races, but I think he'd need to find, you know, 10 or 15 lengths to win a Melbourne Cup, so no hope for me. Number 17 is Emissary. Michael Moroni trains uh, Pat Maloney riding. Barrier 3, 51 and a half. We're getting out of the lighter weights now. $21 out to 26 well, he comes out of the Geelong Cup win, and there's a bit to like about this win, certainly on two fronts. The horse he beat, Shawfire, won the Archer at Flemington yesterday, and it was a fair margin to the third horse, and he's come up with a, a good barrier as well. However, uh, untested at the distance, and I think the wetter it is, the less of the chance that Emissary has to, to claim any uh, fame in the Melbourne Cup. So I'm a bit reluctant, but I'm going to go no with him for the top four. Number 18, Lunafair, a local Victorian hope for Graham Begg. Michael D, who is in form, obviously having won the Victoria Derby yesterday. Barrier 12, uh, 51.5 kilos. A little bit of support for Luna Flair. $21 did reach 17 just back to the $18 quote. Yeah, I can understand why there's a bit of support for Luna Flair. I haven't found a, a spot for him in my top five. Uh, sorry, my top four, but I reckon he'd be in my top five if I had a top five. I actually spoke to Shane Dye yesterday who said Francesco Guardi, the winner of the Mooney Valley Cup, he felt that he would have won the Melbourne Cup if Chris Waller had have got him in the Melbourne Cup or kept him in the Melbourne Cup. So, look, if you take that into consideration, Luna Flair ran home really sweetly behind Francesco Guardi, um, really shaping as though I think the 3,200 metres will suit. I probably can't see him winning, but I would give him a definite place chance. So a place for Luna Flair. We go to 19, Smoke and Romans. Another Ma Eustace runner, Jamie Carr rides. Barrier 16, 51 and a half. A little bit of specking here for Smoke and Romans. $21, did reach 23, just back into 19. We'll settle forward. Uh, handles wet going. In fact, quite effective in wet going. Has won three races on softer heavy. Uh, like many runners, as, as we've been saying, no 3,200 metre profile. Has been in really good form this campaign. Uh, of course... We saw him win the naturalism and then he won the Turnbull at Group 1 level. He ran seventh in the Cup. Now, uh, we've been saying, both Ben and I, uh, we're a bit, sus a bit suspect about the form out of the Cup. He 
he did. You couldn't describe him as unlucky, but things didn't quite go well for him. He probably ended up in the wrong spot in the straight. However, the 3,200 metres uh, worries me with Spoken Romans, but keeping in mind Mar and Eustace and car riding, I'm prepared to concede he's got a, a place chance. So I'm putting him on the place line. Number 20, one of the real roughies, uh, Charlie Rose, trained by Simon Wild, uh, ridden by Dean Lendl, Yendel, horror at Barrier Draw, 22. And has drifted really rough, $51 out to 81 now. Yeah, finished in the you know the top 10 or 12, I think, in, in last year's Cup, uh, you know, which was creditable. I think pulled up with a problem after that. Um, well, going OK, loves Flemington, but simply not good enough, I don't think, to figure um, in the top 10 in the Melbourne Cup. No hope. Robert Higmont has two runners, and this is one of them, number 21 point in a P, and Wayne Lorden riding, barrier 20, 51 the weight. It is very rough, uh, but it's come in. It's one of the better supported real roughies in the field, 101 into $51. Yes, uh, it'll settle forward, uh, handles wet goings, only had a light campaign on wet tracks, but has won two of them. Again, no 3,200 metre profile to, to assess, but this last run was, was too poor. To my way of thinking, I know this stable can, can do good things on occasions, but I can't see it turning it around. So I know for point and opinion. Number 22, one of the big team of Kieran Ma and Dave Eustace runners. High emotion. Theo Nugent gets a Melbourne Cup ride. Barrier 8, 50 kilos. Bit of specking here. $51 it opened. It's into $34 now. Yeah, uh, don't want to be this run- with this runner. Scraped into the Melbourne Cup field via the Bendeco Cup. I just don't think that form is good enough for a, a Melbourne Cup. Bit unlucky in the Bart Cummings. You know, I suppose ticks the fitness box. You know, wet track, yes. But I just simply don't think good enough. You know, it's just not good enough to win a Melbourne Cup or even figure in the top sort of eight to my thinking. So no hope. The last of the Mar Eustace five runners is number 23, Interpretation. Craig Newitt riding from Barrier 6 with a 50 kilo weight. Very solid in the market. $34, did reach 41, back into 34. Should settle midfield on the map. Blinkers go back on. The visors come off. And fair to say that the runs behind Luna Flair and Emissary haven't been too bad. And as Nicole said, it has been kept safe in the market. Just going back through its previous form, there's a... A fourth in France at Group 2, level over 3,000 metres, indicating that the distance shouldn't be a major problem. But what we've been watching this campaign is not good enough to, to rate on the place line, so a no for interpretation. The final runner in this year's Melbourne Cup, number 24, Realm of Flowers, Anthony and Sam Friedman, Damien Thornton, uh, snares a Melbourne Cup ride, drawn at barrier five, uh, lightweight 50 kilos. Punters like this one, giving it a chance. $15 into the $12 quote and holding plenty in the final field book already. Yeah, a bit short in the market for mine. I'm surprised she's that short, but I can understand uh, why plenty of people um, do like her. Of course, she qualified for the Melbourne Cup last year. It was the first horse, horse in, and then things went horribly wrong, suffered a serious knee infection, actually could have died, ended up in hospital for ages. She's been on the comeback trail uh, this year, was only narrowly beaten in the Metropolitan after a, a wide run. A couple of bobs past the line, she was ahead, goes very well, I'd suggest, at 3,200 metres. She'll, 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 she will handle the distance, will love it wet if it's wet, only has 50 kilos. So I'd, I'll say place only, but I'll tell you what, the wetter it gets, I'd be gravitating towards some winning hope. Ooh. But at the moment, place only for me. Well, you've, now you've... You've thrown my thing. Well, I don't know. I don't know exactly. If it's a heavy track, 
a very heavy track, I'll give her a winning chance. If it's not, I suggest place only. Well, if, if, if. Now, no ifs, <laughs> buts now. What are your top four in the Melbourne Cup? Yeah, OK. My top four, uh, Doval Legend, I think, uh, I mean, this is hardly the scoop of the century, but I think if he turns up, he just wins. I'm potting the Caulfield Cup form apart from Gold Trip. I liked the Gold Trip, had the, the top weight that day, ran well, was just dead set a track, you know, a track gallop in the Cox Plate. We never got clear air. Who you Mel uh, giving a chance to, and the other international without a fight are my top four. So you've got eight Dover Legend, one Gold Trip, twelve Who you Mel, and six without a fight. Eight, one, twelve, and six. I'm selecting number four Montefilia to win the Melbourne Cup to beat number eight Dover Legend, number one Gold Trip, and number twenty-four Realm of Flowers. Four, eight, one, and twenty-four are my top four. So our past the post family have to be included as well. Nathan Exley, of course, co-hosts with me during the winter and the summer. He's with us now. Nathan, good morning. Hello, David. Ben, appreciate the uh, the call this morning. Well, we'll appreciate it more if you can find us the winner. What do you like in the <laughs> Melbourne Cup? I think there's there's two horses from Australia I'm zoned in on. That's Smoke and Romans and Young Verther. And then the two top ones from Europe. So I think Smoke and Romans was just a complete train wreck in the Caulfield Cup. The Turnbull form stacked up OK through Gold Trip. He was good there, back to Flemington. And that rating in the Turnbull for mine is still the, the benchmark rating of all runners here. So put him on top. Uh, the 11 young were the interesting stat here. Comes through the Cox Plate. There's been 20 horses come through the Cox Plate in the last 10 years. Three of them have won. Now of those... Of the three that won, all three of them were placed top four in the Turnbull prior to the Cox Plate. I, I think he races well, young Verda. Uh, then without a fight, and obviously Dover Legend, but I, I just can't get past that recalibration of the three-year-old weights from Northern Hemisphere. It's a massive shift from 51 kilos a couple of years back to, to 55 now. and At $3.60 thereabouts, he's, he's short enough. So we'll go... Uh, there's the four numbers there. David, 19, 11, 6 and 8. 19, 11, 6 and 8. Good value there with Smoke and Romans and certainly Young Verna. Good on you, Nathan. Thanks for joining us this morning. Look forward to being there in a couple of weeks' time. Michael Maxwell, uh, Nathan Exley will join me in a couple of weeks' time. Michael Maxworth is on the line now. Michael, good morning. Good morning, fellas. Well, what do you think of this this race on Tuesday? It's always a, <laughs> it's always a difficult one to work out, isn't it? Well, it is. Um, there was a guy on Twitter, a UK form analyst called Rory Flanagan. If you want to go there and have a look, it's at Rory underscore Flanagan. It seems as though he's all over the European horses are here for the Cup. He does a little synopsis on each of them and also puts a few videos up as well. So it's like a one-shot stop to have a look at the, uh, the videos and get a few comments from the people that know them up close and personal. I've copped a bit of a tip, David. I'm, I'm with Without a Fight. Um, trained by the Crispids. We know Simon Crisford, co-trainer, had a great association with Godolphin for many years, in particular through the 90s and the 2000s, trying to win the Melbourne Cup that came close with Centennial Park during Simon's time with them. So he knows the right type of horse to bring, and I believe he has the right the right form. I, I love the fact that he's got solid European form over 2,800 metres, he had a run back in late September. I know the alley looks a little awkward, and I think the ground will be okay for him. So I'm with uh, number six in the cup without a fight. Anything behind it for the place? 
Well, I, I, I'm interested in Montefiore. I know you've been talking about the Caulfield Cup form, but I'm just taking a, a line through Gold Trip, who prior to coming out here had proper European form, close up fourth in a, an Arc de Triomphe, and uh, she was only a length off him in the Caulfield Cup, and as we know, she was most unlucky. And I love watching the last 50 metres and past the post, where she was just building momentum past the post. So... And all sorts of ground, not a problem for Montefiore. I've got Deauville Legend in, of course, for all of the reasons. Uh, he's obviously a very talented horse with a nice turn of acceleration. I'm just throwing the good old boy in, Vow and Declare, because we know he's one horse that will run the distance. And I think after a long spell due to that, that mild tendon injury he had a year ago, his four runs back have been quite good. And he, he's running the Caulfield Cup was OK. So I'm certainly respecting him as the winner of this race three years ago with only 54 kilos on his back. But I'm with uh, without a fight, number six, four Montefiore, eight Deauville legend, and number 10, Bound Declare. Six, four, eight, and 10. Thanks, Michael. Okay, thank you, fellas. Michael, thanks, Michael. Willie. Let's go back to Nicole Thomas as we start to wrap things up. Nicole, give us an overall view of, of the betting on the cup and, and what are they really coming for? What, what What's standing out the figures you're looking at? Well, obviously, Dover Legend's been well-backed. It's popular. It's $3.70 in from three eighty in this final field market. But it was about a $6 chance earlier in the week in the all-in market. Uh, but the other ones that have been spec, so punters are going pretty wide with some other ones. So we do have some specking for number one, Gold Trip. Realm of Flowers has been popular, number 24. Some money for Luna Flare, too, number 18. Number 19, Smoke and Romans. And Vow and Declare as well, number 10. So there's the ones that have been spec, but the top three holds in the market are interesting at this stage. Dover Legend is pretty similar, holding the same amount of money as Montefilia and Realm of Flowers. It is early days in the final field market. Of course, we'll hold plenty of money in the coming days. But I thought those figures were interesting. Dover Legend, I was expecting to be holding so much more, but it's actually not at this stage. What are your top four in the cup? Oh, I'm, I usually have six, box six, right. and take a first four. But my top four, probably Dover Legend just wins, I think. Uh, Realm of Flowers, Without a Fight, and Who You Mal. They're probably my top four. And I'm going to throw a couple in at value just to get that, hopefully to get that big dividend. Daquin Sweet Junior, maybe, with the distance, and Luna Flare, potentially. But, again, I'm not sure my top six aren't exactly decided. But uh, good luck to all the punters out there, and, and, and you too as well. Eight, twenty-four, six, and 12, your top four with rough chances to 14 and 18. Thanks, Nicole. Thanks, David. Nicole Thomas from the Tab joining us for our Melbourne Cup preview, and I have successfully achieved what I knew would happen. I'm now more confused than ever. <laughs> Who's going to win the Melbourne Cup? So okay. we've, had, we've had five sets of tips. I think we've had five different... Well, Nicole and I might, might have both tipped over legend, but uh, everyone else was different. I'll tell you what one really interesting facet of this Melbourne Cup could be the potential leaders, uh, Serpentine and Knight's Order you would think would lead. Barriers 23 and 24. So could be some interesting stuff really early on. Well, it, uh, it will be. It's, it's always a great race. It brings the nation, well, most of the nation together. Uh, two o'clock Queensland time on Tuesday for the Lexus Melbourne Cup. As we said, 2.30 in SA and 3 o'clock in Tassie. Good luck with whatever you're doing. Don't forget from our point of view here at Radio Tab, big Melbourne Cup Eve program with Steve Hewlett tomorrow morning on Racing HQ. And, of course, then the big cup coverage on Tuesday. Enjoy your day, whatever you happen to do. Thanks for Archer Park Racing for their support, and we'll talk soon.